0: Text KPI to 727 888 2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co host, Seth Green. Today I have the good fortune to be joined by Steve Anderson, the best selling author of the Bezos Letters 14 Principles to Grow Your Business Like Amazon. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Seth, what a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited because your book is one of the Bibles that we use in our office with our team to work on our business. Uh, Let's go back in time a little bit, but why write the book? How'd you get inspired? How'd you get started?
1: Um, So I've been in the insurance industry my entire career and uh, was actually on a work group looking at how technology was changing the industry, how fast it was coming, and unfortunately for the industry, how slow it was adopting uh, what was coming. And I really came up with this thought, uh, idea that the biggest risk businesses face today is actually not taking enough risk. So, you know, coming from the insurance industry, that was kind of counterintuitive. How could I even say that? So I started researching companies that had not uh, made the transition well names we know, Blockbuster, you know, Blackberry, Kodak, Sears now, and those that had, you know, certainly Google, Facebook, and Amazon, and came across the letters to shareholders that Jeff Bezos started writing in 1997, uh, and frankly, read through all of them at one point and was amazed at how much he gave away of what most would consider, right, their secret sauce, and he was out there, here's how we do it, here's what you need to do. know, and I realized there was a treasure trove of information there.
0: Awesome. And then, so obviously you started to apply that or learn from it. What made you, what inspired you to write the book about it?
1: Well, I uh, actually, the first thing I did was uh, I was going to give it away as a lead gen, right? So I did a, a one page summary, what I called executive summary of each of the, at the time, 20 letters and um, showed it actually to David Hancock and uh, my wife, who actually works for David as a associate publisher for acquisitions. And they both came back almost immediately and said, this is a book. This is not a white paper giveaway uh, legion. And so that really started a journey of about uh, almost two years that led to the publication of the book.
0: Well, congratulations. It's obviously been a bestseller. It's an incredible book. You mentioned using it as lead gen. Lead gen for what?
1: So um, for me at the time, my focus had been on the insurance industry and, and really providing research, writing, speaking, consulting around emerging technologies and how to use them in your business to grow. And that really became the core idea of the book, this whole idea of you have to risk to grow. Uh, And so that now has just been taken forward. The 14 principles, the four cycles are all really around this uh, idea of using Amazon as a case study for how to take risk appropriately. Um, And in fact, I call Jeff Bezos the master of risk because he does it so well and we, we can really learn a lot from him.
0: Absolutely. So what is what does your business look like now? Having not only written the book but learned from the writing process.
1: Well, I, I say a couple of things. Um, you know, one part of the uh, I think hope for the book was to broaden my current business niche broader, right? It, it was very narrowly focused on insurance agents and brokers, primarily in the U.S., a little bit in Canada. Uh, And now, uh, even like you have said, I mean, uh, the ideas are being uh, brought to a wider range of businesses. And even myself, right, taking that risk of going outside my comfort zone uh, into an area that I think I was competent in, but uh, certainly was taking a risk, uh, you know, even talking about this uh, to a wider audience. So, you know, my speaking has at, at least, was projected to be until we had our uh, uh, pandemic here over the last few months has has changed that a little bit. But even that, you know, my whole mindset is, okay, one, what does this make possible? Not what is this taken away? But what do I have to pivot now to do? And what things can I learn and move forward with? So it, it dramatically has impacted myself, certainly.
0: And then what about the marketplace? Like, it's always nice, we mentioned at the beginning, before we started, um, the anecdotal evidence, actually hearing stories from people who have learned or implemented from the book and results they've gotten. Um, obviously, Bezos has grown the most, probably most valuable is a richest man on the planet and the most valuable company in the world. You might have affected it on a smaller scale. So yes. what are some of those things that you're hearing of people saying, hey, I did X, Y, and Z, and it worked?
1: So um, I'll go back to a couple of the principles. So there there are 14 total principles that are broken down into four, what I call cycles. So test, build, accelerate, and scale. And I believe any business, regardless of the size, is going through those four cycles all the time, right? A new product, you would be testing, Then you have to, once you get some success, you build, et cetera. So I think a couple things have resonated with people. One is actually principle number one in the test cycle, which is encourage successful failure. Uh, And typically you don't hear success and failure in the same breath. Um, uh, And in fact, just prior to us, you know, jumping on this call, I'm working uh, on an article uh, that the tentative title right now is failure has to be an option. And I, was, I just was, went back to the Apollo 13 movie, Ron Howard's movie about yeah. the Apollo 13 mission. And uh, Gene Kranz, who was flight director, uh, was quoted or actually said in the movie, right, that failure is not an option. Well, the problem with that is he never said that. That was the script writer. You know, but that sort of become a mindset. Failure is yeah. not an option. And I don't think that's correct. And if I go back to Amazon, One of their core tenets at Amazon, one of the core things they build into their employees from the very beginning is that you've got to experiment. And Bezos says an experiment by its very nature means you're going to fail. And as a company, Amazon, we need to grow the size of our failures as the size of our company grows because otherwise we're not going to move the needle enough to make it a significant difference in our business. So this idea of encouraging failure. Well, the problem is most businesses actually punish failure, you know, if you're an employee. And I'm convinced that employees aren't afraid of failure, they're afraid of the consequences of failure. And so you've gotta have experimentation which will lead to some failures, but what do you learn from it? That leads to invention, and then you can innovate. So kind of another thought there is, all I hear all the time, we need to innovate. And I don't believe that's true. A company needs to experiment and invent, and then they can innovate. So I think that's that that idea of embracing failure and I always have to pause here because I don't want people to think it means it doesn't matter what you do. Amazon's very intentional about protecting the downside. You know, they don't go to try and fail, but they know it's part of the process. So how do we do that and learn from it and move on?
0: That's great. I I love it. It's a writer downer that we need to increase the size
1: of the failure.
0: Mm-hmm. We need to fail
1: bigger. Well, actually, he, the, he said, and this is probably two or three years ago now, we need more billion dollar failures. Well, the problem with that for me, at least, right. I think for a lot of small businesses, they can't conceive of that as an option, as opposed to, you know, protecting what got them there. In fact, one of the things I say is that the biggest risk a successful business faces is their success because they start protecting what got them to be successful as opposed to experimenting, failing, inventing that next thing. And and I think we can look at Amazon and say they have been quite successful at continuing to invent new businesses that helps them continue to be successful.
0: Absolutely. Now there are, many many people who analyze for example Warren Buffett's yes. shareholder letters mm-hmm. uh, there's probably a whole sub industry devoted to <laughs> hey what is he going to buy next so we can try and get ahead of him or right. how can we profit or follow the same principles why, do you why do you think it is that you were the only one there's books <laughs> written about Bezos yes but there's none written though about what you wrote about why do you think that is? Why do you think everybody else is missing that, missing the boat?
1: Well, I I think I, I've been asked that and actually thought about that um, because like, who am I to write this, right? I'm just some guy.
0: Some guy, right. It's not like you were VP at
1: Amazon. I'm not VP at I've never been, I've never worked for Amazon. I don't have an insider view. I, I think a couple things. One is Amazon is just 25 years old. Warren Buffett's been writing letters for 40 years. So I think there's a longevity kind of idea there. Um, Amazon has grown when you look at their growth really over the last five, six, seven, let's say 10 years. Right. You know, it that,
0: wasn't too long ago that the bot-com bubble burst and people exactly. were, is Amazon just selling books and are they going to yep. make it?
1: Yep. And the share um, PR price
0: was at something we all wish we bought at?
1: Yep. Um, You know, early two thousands, and really even into the mid, you know, um, two thousands. You know, Amazon was kind of just there, and so that was sort of why me. Well, part of it is why not you? Why not? Yeah, would say uh, why not you? Take the risk. Take the risk, and I think that that risk mindset that I brought to the book. Um, it is just something that's unique because of my background in the insurance industry and risk management and helping businesses. Right, all of those kinds of things gave me a different perspective, and actually, I think um, a unique one because it was from an outsider, and not. And there's some re- a couple of really good books from some insiders, you know, about Amazon. Also, uh, a couple of them I relied upon and quoted in my book because there's some really good information there. But I think looking. It, from the outside to the inside, and frankly, seeing the patterns that I saw there and what I came up with in the 14 principles, I hear from people who read the book, the cycles and the principles really resonate as a, as a framework to begin looking at their own business and, and what they can do.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Now you've created, maybe intentionally, maybe not, a process where you read through shareholder letters distilled down principles and wrote a book about it is there a book about apple is there a book about another really (laughs) successful company coming Uh,
1: there so um you could almost have a series i could almost have a series and it certainly has been suggested by my publisher uh and my publisher as well uh, uh, so you know david um you know, he, he likes serious things. Um, and so the the way I'm answering that right now is that's like asking your wife, you know, a month after she had your first child is she's right. ready for the second one. Oh, it hasn't
0: erased the memory of the labor yet.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, but the short answer to that is I'm already kind of looking at maybe even Buffett, right? And, and again, as you said, there's a lot because he's done a lot over a lot of years. I'm not sure I could bring anything new there. I think um, the
0: difference would be
1: Everybody else,
0: because I've am read many of those books, everyone else other than the snowball biography, everybody else who's analyzing the letters is looking for investment principles. Yes. They're looking for what, how can I invest like him? What is he going to buy next? How could I guess ahead? What else might he be looking at? Or how can I follow those principles and invest successfully? Nobody's looking at your angle because they're all writing investment papers or investment books off of Correct. it. Nobody's yep. saying, hey, how'd he grow the business? Forget about what he's buying. What about the business that he built? About the management systems they've got in place to run hundreds of companies successfully and how do they pick the people as opposed to just worried about what his next stock pick is going to be?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd, and I... That's exactly, Seth, what I had been thinking in terms of the angle that would be unique that I might be able to take. So I certainly have been poking around a little bit with a, a few industries um, and just to see. Especially you since know, you were in financial services, he'd be a layoff. Well, and I've already, you know, again, I was just thinking that actually when you were talking because of Geico and Berkshire Hathaway and you know, he's got yeah. a large insurance, and they own a
0: reinsurance company, too. reinsurance
1: yeah. company. And, um, you know, so I have already been following some of his letters from that perspective. So it wouldn't be much of a stretch to, uh, to, to look in. but, uh, you know, it was a long process doing 21 letters of Bezos thinking about 40 plus letters reading through them all. Uh, we'll see, but, uh, I I do think that different mindset or perspective uh, and viewpoint might be uh, something worth looking at.
0: That makes sense. What do you like best about what you do?
1: That's an interesting question. Um, I would say I like best when I'm able to help someone. And and frankly, what's interesting about the Bezos letters is it's, it's certainly business, but I've had people come up to me that have read the book, one I can think of in particular, and she was working on strategy with her church. And she said, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much this helped us think through, right, some of these issues. I was issues. gonna say, if there hasn't been a career
0: as a consultant already, there is yes. one. i well, can certainly build one off the book.
1: Yes, and and I certainly am getting more uh, you know, requests for that. But I think having people resonate with, an idea that I was able to see and put together—I um, think that's what I enjoy most—and and, and seeing success, right? Seeing people take it and and make changes and uh, do something better—that
0: makes yeah, their passion comes across; it's obvious.
1: So, you wrote a book
0: that has sparked in some small way a movement that may or may not have existed before. What are three of your favorite books, other than your own?
1: Um, oh, I could go, I'm, I'm a pretty voracious reader. So I'm thinking of sums that I've just finished um, and, and maybe some classics. So let me think of a classic for me, uh, probably first read it in the 80s uh, was, um, oh, hang on. We might have to edit the pause out here while I, I think of it. Um, uh, Michael Gerber's The e-myth, right? So the whole concept of working on your business, not in your business. Uh, And that's just resonated with me through the years, I would say. So kind of a a older one there. I I could pick any number of Seth Godin books, just in terms of how he makes me think. Uh, And probably the most recent one, uh, really two, one I'm halfway through, the other I just finished, was Creativity Inc., uh, the story of Pixar. Uh, by Ed Cantwell. So Ed Cantwell's president and one of the three founders, um, along with John Lasseter and Steve, uh, Steve Jobs. Uh, really interesting, and it fits really well in the kind of risk-taking idea in terms of how they were able to do the animation the way they would do it and bring creativity out of people and all of those kinds of things. And the other one I'm, I'm probably three-quarters of the way through uh, is... Um, Uh, What's the title of the book? It's about Netflix, and it's actually the first CEO, not Reed Hastings. He was the first investor, um, whose name again is escaping me right now. But kind of that early startup, how Netflix got going, uh, and I just enjoy some of those stories. And partly because there got
0: to be some principles there, given that they were willing to like lose money on their core business of direct mail DVDs just to eventually support streaming.
1: Exactly. And the whole subscription model that Netflix is known for, right, monthly get as yeah. many DVDs, that actually came a year to 18 months later. They're, they ended up primarily selling DVDs through the mail because they couldn't get people to rent them. So, so it's just interesting how businesses pivot Based yeah. on the the issues, the problems, what they learned from customers, what they like, what they don't like, and then later, how they pivoted from DVD by mail to streaming, and and now that is their primary way. So, anyways, to me, it's just an interesting story of um, you know how, how to pivot. Actually, I think how to how to watch trends, and that's something. Based- i say, there's your
0: next book, right? Because you you could apply, you could take. Lessons from multiple but many success. I mean, it's almost a good to great, like here's the pivot, half the businesses that pivoted and worked, half that tried the same pivot and failed.
1: And and failed, and what's the difference? You know, or yep. what, what happened or what did they do differently? So, awesome. uh, so, so next, anyway. Yeah, when the next book comes out, we'd be happy to have you back to talk about oh, it. Oh, that'd be great. I thank you. So
0: you give advice not only in the book, but every day in your business. What's the best advice you've ever been given? <sighs>
1: Best advice I've ever been given. And it, it's it, it come from a couple of different places, but I think the advice is, uh, comes in, de- I'm trying to think different ways I want to say it. Uh, ship it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, uh, 80% is typically good enough to get something out the door.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and And that's always resonated with me because I tend to like to make sure things are just perfect. So, Part of that was Seth Godin, and he had a little pamphlet called Ship It um, that I still have on my shelf. Part of that came from Dan Sullivan, who's a uh, strategic coach, coach. Uh, and he had a a white paper pamphlet, whatever, I don't know how long ago now, but it's called The 80% Rule, um, and that, again, resonated with me, partly helped me get the book, right? The book doesn't have everything I wanted in it. <laughs> oh, of
0: course. You know, it's funny. My wife's edited her book that came out this month three times yep. after we edited it. And I said she wanted to edit it. I said, honey, just get it out there. It's never going to be perfect.
1: It's never going to be perfect. And there's, no, there's always I, I a second a,
0: book. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I picked, I pulled out a couple of New York Times bestsellers on my shelf and said, look, this sold 100,000 copies. There's still typos in it. It's okay.
1: Yes. It's okay. That's exactly right and sometimes you're going to return it because
0: of you spelled the word wrong
1: yeah and the worst they can do is send you an email and tell, tell you the word spelled wrong so yes
0: exactly well we greatly appreciate your time we know it's incredibly valuable for our folks watching and listening who haven't read the book who want to learn more where is the best place for us to send them
1: uh, certainly Amazon it's uh, available there. Uh, and if you, uh, for international listeners, uh, it's actually being translated into 16 languages. So wow. Congratulations. yeah, so it's, uh, it, it's, and, and, and actually what's really interesting is, is Asia has a, a real interest in it. So Chinese, Korean, um, Vietnamese, uh, Ukraine, uh, just as publishing. I mean, so anyway, just a fascinating, uh, so kind of wherever you buy books. Um, and, uh, I do have, if you buy the book, uh, a couple of, uh, additional kind of workbooks and, and helps to, uh, get the most out of it at, uh, thebezosletters.com.
0: Awesome. Uh, we greatly appreciate your time. Steve Anderson, thebezosletters.com. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Seth, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks everybody for watching or listening. And we'll talk to you next time.